Hello and welcome to my blog here on a Sunday, July 26th, and I am so happy to just invite everyone here. I'm going to paste a link for the Facebook users so they can comment on what they want to comment on there. So if you use that if you use that link, you can comment on Facebook. If you're watching on Facebook Live, we are here on Sundays on 5 o'clock East, Eastern on Sundays and Tuesdays. Now, tonight I'm going to talk about more on Violets on the Window, a young woman's exploration of a colony in one of the first levels of heaven. I see some people are on already. Well, thank you so much. So, if we remember, we talk about Patricia, who was a young woman who died. She came from a spiritist family, so she was ready to understand what heaven was about, right? She was ready to be there, and that's important. And she was taken to a, a little hospital, and, and I talked about her first impressions. She never went to the lower zone, to the umbrellas, they can say in Portuguese. And then she was taken on, last week she was taken to her grandmother's house. Well, actually, kind of a whole, um, like a boarding house, I could say. It has a pretty big house. She had different rooms. She had her own suite, right, her own her own little living area. And now we're going to talk about her other impressions. Now, just before I start, please hit the subscribe, hit the bell. Please hit the like button. That helps on the algorithm. Uh, give me comments. That would be that would be wonderful. And if you're on watch on Facebook Live, hit the link so you can comment on using the link that I just put out there. So let's carry on. This is exciting, and, and this is a wonderful little book. I, actually, I put the link to the book down in the description. Violets on the window. It's you can get it on paperback or Kindle on Amazon. Uh, it's originally in Portuguese, but it's, it was um, translated to English, and it is a wonderful book. And it's a very light book, very short book, um, easy to read, and it gives you just from a young woman's perspective of the first level of heaven and. It's there's so many things in here, and we'll go through it. Let's let's talk about these because these revelations, what the purpose of me doing these YouTube and Facebook streams is for you to understand what is waiting out there. And I know a lot of what I say and what you read in these spiritual literature sounds utterly fantastic, but the more you get into it, the more you see the logic of how the spirit world works and why we are part of the spirit world and what our purpose is here on earth. But I won't belabor the point. Let's start. So this is talking about the theater. So Patricia started to write. She said, my new home was very pleasant, and I liked it very much. There I was treated as a granddaughter and as a daughter by my grandmother and her friends. They pampered me, gave me treats, entertained me with stimulating conversation. I occupied myself by reading and taking long walks throughout the colony. Now, she read. So there are books in the spirit world. There are, and there are books that there is a, a wonderful story about this, this cobbler who went and, and died and went to one of the, the low levels of heaven and he was recovering in this house. And of course, you know, when you first die, you're a little bit, you know, it's like being born. You're, you're disoriented. You've got to get your memories back. And this, this person was used to, used to be a cobbler. He repaired shoes. 
And so they gave him some time. He wandered around. He's enjoying his life there, looking at the pieces of heaven. And one day, this spirit came to him, and he says, you know, how are you doing? He goes, well, I'm fine. He goes, well, have you had a chance to read that book? And there was a book in the house they had allotted to him. And he says, well, this book really isn't uh, a level for people on this. Uh, it really isn't for the people on this level. This book is actually written for people at a higher level when you have multi, you know, multi cultures and races come together and understand they're all part of one big family. And the book is about how to lead those groups. Goes, but it's not really useful here because it's more, you know, this is more of a local area where people gather after they had died. And the spirit says, Oh, goes, Well, do you know who wrote this book? Goes, No, it's, it's beyond me. And he says, Turn it over and look at it. And on the on the back of the book was the cobbler's name. And he goes, No, I couldn't have read, written that book. He goes, Yes, you did. And you are, you know, getting your memory back and and your team is waiting for you to go up to them and lead them once more. So again, here we're talking about, you know, when you're when you're alive here in the physical life, when you when you sleep, you may go in your in your sleep as a spirit and work on projects, do things, be positive, keep learning. Now, a lot of that will transfer very fuzzily in your dreams. You'll think. You know, you'll think like, oh, you know, what was I going on? I, I can't tell you. I know that I've been taught when I'm in the spirit world because I'll have dreams like I go from hallway to hallway and and I'm not quite sure. And I kind of go from building to building. They're the dullest dreams imaginable, right? Or I'm in, I'm just sitting in the audience and I go, why am I here? Um, and then like I had some dreams where I thought, I'm the youngest, stupidest person here. I don't know what's going on. And if you have dreams like that and you know, you don't feel threatened, right? You don't, you don't feel upset. You, you feel calm and relaxed, but it's like, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm in this big office or co complex. Well, you're probably in the spirit world doing something, but your, your, your physical brain can't understand the spirit world. That's why dreams are so fuzzy uh, because you really can't, your physical brain can't decipher, you know, a land without time and a whole different dimensions. So let's carry on with, so this is what, you, you know, by reading, there are people write books and they read. So she goes, the only place I had not visited yet was the other wing of the hospital where the needier patients were. And based on the books I had read while incarnated, I imagine that spiritual colonies were wonderful places. Still, to see them live was a very moving experience. There were times that I was ecstatic with so much beauty. He says, I compare San Sebastian Colony, which is the name of the colony she's in, to a terrestrial city of medium size, without the extremes of luxury and poverty. The houses follow the same standards, varying only in size, all with gardens and many flowers. Its administrators have the good of the whole in mind at all times, so everything is well organized. Now, if you have seen the movie Astral City, called No Solar in Portuguese, there's also a book by the spirit Andre Luis, psychographed by Chico, uh, Chico C. Xavier, or Francisco C. Xavier, called No Solar, which is the name of a colony above Rio de Janeiro. That was a, a bigger colony. I think it had at least a million people in it. And much grander city. And 
San Sebastian, a smaller one, didn't have the, the size. But still, as Andre Louise described it, the flowers were, were vibrant. There were waters and parks and benches and concerts and places to learn. There's all these wonderful things. So then she goes on, she goes, my visitors kept coming. They were relatives and people who had been helped by my father in our spiritist group. I was receiving many prayers, which would reach me as messages. I also received prayers from people I had never met. With prayers of my own, I was happy to respond to each one, thanking them all for the love that encircled me as a result of their caring. So let's talk about that for a second. Praying for people who have passed on is always a positive thing. Now, the main thing is to keep your prayer, to, you know, positive. And that is, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're getting help in the spirit world. You know, enjoy your time there. Learn all you can. You know, I'll be there with you soon. And, and that makes a person feel good. Now, if a person who has not led a good life, and they are in the lower zone, the umbrella, or below, which is they call the dark abyss, which we may call it a purgatory. There's no, there's no hell. There's no eternal damnation, so to say. There is a pretty bad area that you want to, that you may end up in if you're not a very good person. But even if you give someone like that a positive prayer, they will be given that message that someone is thinking, "I'm thinking positive of you." You know, until please see the light, ask for help. They will get that. That will help spur them on to change their their outlook and their attitude on life. And instead of being with that group of people who are not very nice, right? Because that is that was is what the law of affinity does. It puts you with people like yourself. So if you're a pickpocket or a petty criminal, you will be with others like you. There won't be a nice place. So that's why. Prayers for people who have passed on, don't don't say prayers like, oh, I miss you so much. I wish you were back here. That, that makes them feel sad, but give them, you know, give them good vibes, good vibrations, and tell them, I hope you're doing well and God bless you and you know, keep doing what you're doing. And if they're, you know, if there's someone who had died in a tragic time or they you knew they lived, you know, they were uh, died of an overdose or something like that, give them positive prayers. Tell them everything's going to be okay. Ask for help. Um, try and pray in that manner. So then she said, Arthur, a discarnate companion of my father's, came to visit me frequently. He was a cheerful person. And when I thanked him, he said, Glory be to the Father who permits us to do good for others in repayments for all that we receive. Then he gave me a kind of television, which he installed in my room. This appliance had a technical name, but since we did not know, since we know television, it looks like one, we call a television here too. This particular device, however, was lighter and better equipped. He plugged it in and tuned it to my house on the earth plane. I could see all my relatives and everyone was well. Although I thought that my mother's face looked drawn and sad, I had permission to watch my family for a few minutes each day. And then she says, well, can everybody here watch your families? And Arthur said, no, unfortunately not, and for several reasons. Not everyone has appropriate equilibrium to watch their families on television. Not everyone deserves this gift. So let's talk about that. So when she wrote this book, they had television. Now, when, when uh, in No Solar, 
in 19, I think it was written in 1939 or published in 1939, they talked about a television too, but most people did not have televisions. Chico Xavier told us that the spirit world is 50 to always 100 years in advance of technology than the, the physical earth. So think about that for a second. So what they're doing, this is, this is the genius of the spirit world. They're getting you ready for this new technology. In fact, give me, give, let me give you some example. Chico Xavier's mother said they had a type of a mobile communication device, which we know is a cell phone. This was before 1930s. The Reverend v. G. Val Owen's mother in the early 1900s said they had something, they had they had this, this workstation type thing. I call it workstation, but she called it something else. But it was a place you could enter your information into. She didn't say typewriter. They had typewriters in the early 1900s. She did not say typewriter. It was probably some sort of, you know, computer terminal workstation. So you have to look at it on both both ways. One is these people are used to this and they come to Earth. And when, when they see this new invention, they go, oh, yeah, I should use that because their instincts, right, with their conscience, but their instincts goes with them from life after life. So they see a television, they go, oh, yeah, I want a television. They see a cell phone. I can use that cell phone. And unconsciously and with your instinct, you know that that's something you, you've used before and you want to use again. That's why, you know, these early adopters, are, they're, they're the ones probably with the best memory of their spirit lives. So they go, no, I, I want that. Now, the also is true is that the people who invent these things saw these things in the spirit world and then were inspired and given circumstances, think of Steve Jobs, right, with Apple, to create these things so they could give these inventions to the earth as a whole to move us forward. So this, this is telling you right away how we are guided and how much control. Now, also think of that, of how much they see us, is here's this, here's this, you know, television, they call it, but it, here it's, we know you could call it a internet, you know, link to their house, just like, you know, just like, you know, one of these um, cameras that you could see all the time in their house, what's going on. So this is from the earth plane to the spirit world. So how can you do that? There's no cable. Right. And no, and no one here on earth is, you know, you, you would think that if they had all these television with people watching families, they would see some sort of wavelengths that they could, they could figure out, right. That someone's, that someone's transmitting information from every house in, in the planet. No, they don't see any of that. That just shows you how much higher and above the spirit world is than we are here. And so this is what's really interesting about this book. She just says these things, but within these sentences, there's so much information because once you understand they have that equipment and they said it was lighter and better equipped, right? Once you understand they have that equipment, then it's like, okay, well, how does all this work? Why are they so far advanced? Well, they're so far advanced because they're leading us on just like, a second grader, you know, goes to visit the third grade before the end of the year so they can see, oh, this is what this is what your school room will look like 
next year. They get you ready very carefully. They they herd you along, right? Just like you you take kids, you give them something new, you kind of give them a little, you know, preview, and so there it's not it's not strange or foreign to them. Spirit world does the same for us. Now, and they, then they say, not everybody can watch their families. Why is that? Because people at these lower levels of heaven, many people are just still completely emotional tied to their families and maybe to their houses or other objects on earth. And they, they talk about that in, in my book, The Heaven and Below, is that in the first couple levels of heaven, people are still tied to the physical plane. As you go higher, higher in heaven, you kind of get rid of that and you see the earth as a huge campus in every, you know, any race, creed, whatever, you know, political persuasion. They're all souls. They're all learning. And it's not that big of a deal. But on the lower levels, you're kind of still tied into your family, your city, your, your country. Or whatever, you, whatever it is that you kind of really associated yourself with that physical life while you were on earth, you're still drawn to it. You're still fascinated by it. You're still, you still worry about it. But in actuality, all this, everything that your house, your country, your race, everything will all disappear. Spiritism tells us, you know, races come and go. One race will, will rise a bit and it will be gone. And it goes, as in the future goes, all the races, they're not going to be the same. So, why you just have to think yourself in this diving suit and you know well, i kind of put it to where if you've been to disneyland and you've been on a ride and let's say you're on mr toe's wild wild ride which i used to go on all the time i was raised right next to disneyland i used to go there all the time and i always say okay what car do i want do i want the you know do i want the red car or or do i want the yellow car or do i want the blue car right and then you ride this thing and it, you know, and it's, it's really very short, probably a couple of minutes, but it seems longer because you have all this new stimuli coming at you. And then you get out of the car and you're back in the real world. Well, that is a good analogy for what we do here in this physical life. They go, okay, you, Brian, ah, you're going to be, you're going to be raised in a middle-class family and, you know, and yeah, you're going to be, you're, you're going to be, of, you know, Scotch, Irish descent, and you're going to be in Anaheim, California. And that's the car you're going to ride for a while. And good luck. Now, the next car, you may be in Botswana and some other family, right? Or, or you may be in Beijing or New Delhi. If, if we're going to give you all these, you know, first, we're going to, we're going to give to you a, a completely customized education plan for you to change your personality because that's why we're here on earth that's why you have all the stimuli and we're going to find the best places for you to do that so that's what we are we're in these temporary cars temporary diving suits just think of it as that way don't get too attached to your country your political party your your heritage it's you know it's good to be proud there's nothing wrong in that and it's good to be you know positive and helpful but for the long term, it's not important. So, so then, for Patricia said she was actually glad to have this television because it uh, diminished her longing. He goes, there is an appliance like this one in every house, but they're not necessarily tuned to incarnates. 
at my grandmother's house. It is the, in the living room. They broadcast news from around the colony. Their rescue stations, the Embral, which is the lower zone in Brazil, the world as well as other colonies. News from the spiritual plane and the most important ones from the physical plane were also aired, but without sensationalism and lies. So interesting. See, this is where you know. The spirit world always tells us, you know, we, we go through this thing where people are saying, you know, all our news is sensationalism. And a lot of it is, and one cannot deny that, fake because it is sensationalized. And it's always done through whatever their own their own lens is, whatever side that you're looking at. And here it's done. So here's the news, right? This is the way it should be. So often the broadcast featured beautiful prayers from gifts of the higher spheres, theatrical plays, seminars, and choir performances. At Grandma's house, everyone enjoyed the programming the colony offered. Then Grandma introduced me to someone named Frederico, saying he was a friend. He came to visit us and gave me a beautiful bouquet of colorful roses. He goes, hi, Patricia, Frederico said politely. I've known you for a long time. Hope you feel better and better among us. He goes, well, I thought he was handsome, young, blonde, blue, greenish eyes. I felt I knew him, that I know you, but I don't know where feeling. Right away, I felt at ease, and we talked for hours. Later, he invited me to go to the theater. Noticing my hesitation, he advised, Patricia, why don't you ask your grandmother whether you can go? And grandma applauded the idea, and we agreed on the time for him to pick me up. Now, she thought she knew him. So, he looked as he wanted to look. So, if she knew him as something else in the spirit world, when she got more mature, she would, she would just, you know, she would know who that personality was when she could read their minds. Oh, and then um, Jack of Trades says, the people are just like characters in the movie. Yes. And I think, uh, let me put that down here. So that is, that is exactly an important point. And that's what, how we should look at everyone. And let me give a let me give an example. When when you go see a movie or a play, there is a main character. Now, if in that movie that main character stays the same, you know, he's a jerk, he's always a jerk. He's a nice guy, he's always a nice guy. He goes through no no trials and tribulations, nothing changes him. The movie would bomb. And you go, why why have I seen this movie? It's it's nothing. In the movie, a good movie is a character will start out in some ways and then different different trials and tribulations will affect him or her and change their character for the better. Those are good movies. And the people in the movie that, that cause the change may be good or bad people from our view here on earth, but they, they affect a change in that character. And that's how we should look at other people around us. That these are all actors in a play, characters in the movie, as you just said, that come and go in our lives to what? To provide stimuli to, to force us to analyze ourselves and change our attitude and personality. Now, we have free will, so we can say, no, I'm, I'm not going to learn that lesson. I'm just going to be a jerk still. We can do that. That's no, you know, that's your free will. And I always tell people like, 
well, why do I have to go through these hard trials and tribulations? I go, well, the spirit world, when they, when they're trying to help you modify your character to be a good person, to take away these primitive emotions, will give you very, very, um, you know, soft lessons. They'll say, you know, maybe you should think of this and they'll kind of give you soft lessons. They'll give you hints. And of course, like probably like me, I never took the hint. And then they would have to give you a bit harder lesson. And then a real harder lesson where they like really hit you on the side of the head, right? So this is, this is what is so, you know, this is, I said, if you know, you don't like these hard trials and tribulations for heaven's sakes, start learning, start learning the easy ones and, you know, don't be so stubborn about it. And of course, then you got really, you know, when things happen to you, you have to analyze them and say, okay, what should I learn from that? And once you get into that situation where you say, you know, I can learn from that, then, then you will start your spiritual ascension. You'll, you'll start going higher and higher and higher because what, what we're told is, you know, successive lives. It's not like this, this slow slope of people ascending, getting better, better, little by little over time. It's, it's usually you park yourself for life after life, like I've done, I've been told I've done, where you've done not very good things. And then all of a sudden the light turns on and you go, oh, maybe I need to be a nice person instead of a selfish, you know what? And then you start, you start that real high slope. You get the old hockey stick effect. So let's go back to um, Patricia. So then Patricia said, I still, not, I still did not know how to go to buy myself for a few places in the colony. And when he left, Grandma told me, he goes, Patricia, the people who live here must feel an affinity with this place. You don't have to be afraid of or mistrust anyone here as you prudently did while incarnated. That's the reason why it is so peaceful and safe here in the colony. He goes, wow, that's so good not having to mistrust or be afraid of another human being. So let's talk about that for a second. So heaven, not everybody gets to go there. You're graded just like your life. You know, as I told you before, everything you do is recorded. So in order to get to heaven, you have to earn that right. It's like a driver's license. Not everyone's given a driver's license. You have to earn. You have to pass a test. You have to be a certain age, a certain maturity. Just because you want to drive doesn't mean you get to. Same thing with heaven. You have to be a good person. The grandmother said, don't be afraid. Don't mistrust anyone. On earth, you're not you're foolish if you trust everybody right you are a fool unfortunately that's sad to say people will cheat lie and steal from you but once you're in heaven that's not going to be the case so nancy says i waited anxiously for the time to go to the theater and frederica would pay for my ticket it was exciting to get to know everything the theater here exists for cultural purposes only and as everything else in the colony it serves to enhance everyone everyone's well-being the building was big and well planned with big columns in front and the roof in a v shape there were three very artistically carved big wooden front doors the building was white with plants and very beautiful flowers surrounding it there is a vestibule of approximately four meters in size between the columns and the front door 
with five steps to get to the vestibule. The interior was even more beautiful. The main room was enormous with comfortable chairs, light painted walls, and beautiful pictures. The stage was similar to the ones in the physical world. I loved it. Later, when I visited other colonies, I saw other theaters with rooms markedly different. It is interesting to find out how colonies are different from each other. That night, we saw Emmanuel's Renouncement. It was an adaptation of a spiritist uh, novel psychographed by the medium Francisco C. Xavier. And in fact, uh, you can buy that, that book by Emmanuel. It's set in the 16th century. Very, very good uh, novel. And then, and then let's talk about this for theaters. Now, in there is a theaters can be used for many different things, and a lot of times they're used as classes. In a very interesting passage in Memoirs of a Suicide by the by the author Yvonne Piera, and I will tell you right now, Memoirs of the Suicide is one of the most is the best book I think I have ever read. It is just a wonderful book, Yvonne Piera. And in it, it the the character who who the spirit who who told Yvonne Pierre about his whole life was uh, 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 um, I think his name Camilo Branco, and he was known as the Balzac of Portugal. He killed himself I think in 1899. He committed suicide because he was going blind from syphilis. So, and he. He went to a hospital in the spirit world and probably in the umbrow. He didn't, not to heaven because he was a suicide. He had to stay in the umbrow until the year that he would have naturally died. He was taken to this hospital and he was put on this stage with all the class around him. So what they're doing, they're going through each person in the class and saying, okay, we're going to explore your past lives. And then you're going to see why you had to go through the trial you did you went through in your current life why why did that happen and so they would be put on this stage and then they would be set in this chair was this apparatus and then it would come like a a 3d of back into that person's life and they saw camilo bronco they saw him now he you know he was this pretty famous writer in portugal they saw him in in a previous life as a member of the uh, Spanish Inquisition who actually tortured people. And I'm not going to go in great detail, but he actually blinded a person because he wanted to sleep with this man's wife. And he slept with his wife because he, he blackmailed her so he could sleep with her because he got bored with her because she just laid there, poor woman. And he says, he goes, can I have my husband back? He said, yeah, you can have her, have him back. But he didn't tell her that he's gonna. He was going to blind him and torture him, and of course, then he, she gave the husband back blind, and the husband killed himself as soon as he could because he couldn't take it. Poor guy. So Camilo, so for blinding someone, this this shows you the light touch the spirit world has for for this horrible, horrible deed of torturing. He tortured other people too, as part of the Spanish Inquisition. He had to be blind at a very advanced age. Seems pretty light when you look at the whole span of events. And that's why you see people with severe disabilities, you know, know that they're very, you know, they're just completely in great shape in the spirit world, but they're going through this trial to teach them something. And 
always when you talk to them, say a prayer saying, God bless you on your trial. It will soon be over. So this shows you why. And then they also said, they go, now look, no trial is created for you to be completely defeated. It goes, whatever horrible place, horrible thing is happening to you, either a week, a month, a quarter, a, a year, something will get you out of that. Not, there's no trial that will uh, will completely destroy you. Now, you may, it may end up in death, but even that's an end of a trial. Then you're back to the spirit world. It's a better place. So this is why it's so good. So and and this is why when you in the Emmanuel's book now here they call it renouncement. It's called it renunciation. If you find the English as renunciation by Francisco Xavier, and it's and they even go through the book of someone who was this you know this kind of like prideful, selfish uh, man who then dies and comes back as this poor, lame uh, boy, and what his life was like. And it just goes through this whole thing. So you can see from the spiritist literature, this is a, a recurring theme that, you know, you, you go back into life, the life you need to in order to learn. And then she said, I returned to the theater several times. At first, my friends took me and offered their bonus hours to pay for my ticket. Later, when I started working, I was proud to be able to pay my own way. I always enjoy attending the theater when groups of young people present their own theatrical production. It seems that children also enjoy this pastime, working very well at it. The theater is only free of charge in certain occasions for some seminars. Otherwise, we need to have bonus hours to enjoy this treat. So bonus hours, what, uh, what is the bonus hour? Oh, what? Let me see. Wait, there's a... There's a comment here. So karma from previous lives were car carried over with the soul in a new body. Yes. And let me bring up this whole concept of karma because I think this is a, an important People always ask me, like, why, why do you have to go through this terrible life? I go, well, live this life better and you will, <laughs> your next life will be will be much better. So this is what this is the process of karma. Your previous life and lives before that, everything is recorded, right? Everything, your thoughts, everything is recorded in detail. They use that information to create a curriculum for your current life. So results from your previous life determine your trials and tribulations in your current life. Now, Take that to the next step. Your current life is, is recorded and will be used to determine your next life. So if you don't like your life now, be as good as person you can. Do as much good as you are able. I'm not saying that give all your money away, nothing like that. But then your next life will be better because really the spirit world loves us. And these trials and tribulations are not meant as punishment. They are edifying. They're edification. They are learning tools for us to take away the quest for uh, revenge and selfishness and pride and replace them with love, honor, and charity. And that is why they're there. So, yes. So karma gets carried over with the soul because your soul, your spirit, your spirit's immortal. You will live forever. And, and you'll just, that's why you'll get higher and higher spiritually as you go. And your next life 
here carried over, you will be better because now, so some people say, well, in your next life, now I'm not saying just your trials and tribulations will change, but also you have your instinct and your conscience. So your conscience will be more fully developed and you'll know better from right and wrong. If your conscience is like this law library, that as you go from life after life, you bring up, you start looking at the grays, you know, it's not just all black and white, right? There's all sort anyone who's a mature adult knows that there's, there's gray areas, right? When we go to work, we have to do what the manager tells us. Or if we're a manager, we may have to lay people off, even though we don't like it. So there's gray areas that you have to do. And then your conscience will help guide you in that. And if you make, if you make a decision and you feel stressed about it, then you know that's violating your conscience. Now, you may have to stay in a situation for a while until you get a new job or a new situation or whatever. But that's why your conscience and your instinct you start listening to those things because that is that's part of your immortal existences in different worlds, different planets, different lives, you know, different genders. It's all there. It's all there for you for the asking. So that's a, a great question. And then I was going to talk about bonus hours. So in the lower levels of heaven and from what i've seen is that people are you know they they select work they want to do and then they get a a hourly bonus an hourly chit or whatever you want to call it and then they can use that to spend things so you if you don't want to work at all you don't have to work you can you're given you know you've got plenty of food there's plenty of stuff you've got a place to live fine but if you want to do other things, then you need you need to work. And this is one of the things we go through life is to teach us that work is ex exciting and intellectually stimulating. And that's that's the importance. So the theater. Um, or as grandma called it over here, the showroom or conference hall is also used for seminars on themes of interest only to small group. When the seminar of, of, is of interest to the public at large, it takes place in parks. There is a bulletin board in front of the theater building to inform the, of the theater schedule's activities. It shows the program for the current and the coming weeks and months. One can find these bulletin boards throughout the colony. The theater is very popular and everyone cares for it as it were their own home. Now, when they say, okay, so I say there's no sense, there's no such thing as time in the spirit world. So. Here is this says, it shows the program for the current and the coming weeks and months. How does that square? Okay, let's talk about that for a second. They've already said in San Sebastian that the night and days are, are coordinated with the earth, the physical earth, night and days. And therefore, people are still tied to the physical earth, right? They're still tied to that. So they can have this. As you get higher in the spirit world, that whole sense of, night and day is gone it's always day right it's always some sort of brightness of is brighter and brighter in each level and therefore you you get you get out of that habit of that earthly time zone of that because first of all there's no time that's just an artificial way of of showing it so that people can know in that san sebastian colony as you go higher and higher there's not even night and day to know there is there's you know nothing degrades right there's it, it, there's either absence or presence and like if you cut a flower the flower still looks great until it had a certain duration and then it disappears if it, someone with their minds build a bridge that bridge is there forever until the spirits 
decide that they want that bridge changed and they put it back into universal fluid. So that's why they can do that. Um, in the higher, higher realms, there's like fountains. And if there's uh, something's going to happen, the fountain will send out this subliminal message that, hey, there's going to be a gathering over here. And then people will, will hear that as an example. Because I like the colony so much, I cannot understand um, why some people did not like it. I commented about this was Federico. He goes, Federico, how can there be people who don't like it here? Because well, taste and affinities are very different in everyone, incarnate or not. People don't change taste just because they left the physical world. You can see that some incarnates enjoy bars and brothels, while others like churches and schools. Some like danger, noisy places, and others like peace and nature. Many people remain indifferent in front of a work of art, delicate music, or a flowery garden, while others love simple things that are good for the soul. Many think that their demise will be wonderful because in their opinion, they did not practice evil deeds, forgetting that on the other hand, they did not practice any good either. They did not relate to or connect with the things the colony has to offer. I know of good people who pass over and come to the colony, do some sightseeing, find it beautiful, but don't want to stay, preferring to be incarnated. I heard of a gentleman amazed with a colony who felt as if he had taken the trip to the most wonderful place. He enjoyed it, but he wanted to go back. In his opinion, this was not the place to live. He goes, well, then what? He goes, he had to resign to the fact that he had passed over and couldn't go back. When advised to get used to it, he became very sad, but eventually adapted. Others don't like it at all because over here they can't smoke, drink alcohol, or eat meat. They're here to learn and be of service, yet they only want to be served. Not everyone thinks this place is divine like you and me. Many of the residents don't have the same taste. Some love its architecture, others schools, other the plants, etc. And she goes, and you, my friend, what do you like best in this place? He says, in every colony I've visited, hospitals attract me the most. I was a doctor in my last incarnation, so I've grown to love the medical profession. I'm always working in this field. So this is so true. And, and I've had people ask me, he goes, well, you know, I, I really, you know, I like to eat. I'm not going to eat in, 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 you know, when I'm in heaven. And I say, no, you're, you're going to, you know, they, they'll have a little bit of food down in this level. You heard, heard before, you know, eating fruit and stuff like that. But as you go higher and higher, your spirit, you become more, more energy and less matter. That's not really important. I think really, is for people who are happy in heaven are ones who are just, who are, are two things, are intellectually motivated to learn and do things and just love learning more about things and, and then learning and then also couple that with, with, well, besides, you know, as the background, besides being a nice person, couple that with a, a, a really a, a, a joy of serving others and helping other people. If you have that intellectual curiosity and you love to help people, love to see things get better, to see the fruits of your labor in helping other people, if that excites you, then that is what's going to make you successful in heaven, that and the thirst for more knowledge. It's all out there. To me, I just can't wait to go to the library and read about all sorts of stuff. So, and then she goes, well, I still don't know what I like best. I think everything is so beautiful. I feel like working, but I still don't know in what. 
because you know, Patricia, while the spirit has not achieved cosmic consciousness, its personality has to fill its emotional void with activities. The good ones keep themselves buildy, uh, busy by building, relieving sorrow, growing, and evolving. But those opposed to the spirit's integration fill that void by getting involved in negative pleasures and sensations, destroying and wasting what belongs to nature. She goes, what a shame to see brothers and sisters deceived by the illusion of matter, blind to the spiritual truth, and so far from deserving to live as a discarnate in a place as wonderful as this one. So, actually, I think I will stop there, and we'll get to get getting to know the colony uh, more next time. So, I'll continue on getting to know the colony. I think this has been hopefully an eye opener for people who want to understand what the spirit world is like. And in the, I think the main message here is for someone to be happy in heaven. You have to want to you to learn, love other people, and be fascinated by that, and be fascinated by the fact of how you can make a difference. Because there's so many jobs in the spirit world, so many different things you can as you go higher and higher. You could, you know, once you pass the tenth level of heaven, which is an artificial numbering system, which they use in the books by Jiva Owen, you actually will go and start helping mold other planets. You will, you will lead the culture and races of other planets become, for them to become more spiritually advanced. On you know, While you're in heaven around the earth, you'll, you'll go on missions to help people you know, to ascend, to learn, to relieve their sufferings. All this that you will be part of, which to me sounds exciting. But for those who are still tied to the material earth, to those who still... You know, I love that house. I never want to leave my house. It's got 12 bedrooms and I've got, you know, a yacht, two yachts parked out, you know, moored outside and three cars, you know, parked in my garage. And I just love my material goods. Those are things that will stop you from raising yourself to heaven. That's why we're told over and over again by the spirit world that we are like, uh, we should look at ourselves as trees and when we prune meaning that we say we don't need these extra things that we grow stronger when we know that we don't need these material goods we'll go stronger and stronger with what we have so i want to tell everyone thank you for being with me uh today and if you want to learn more about heaven and what is in store for you Please read my book, Heaven and Below, Book One of Spiritism, The Spirit World Revealed to an Anglican Vicar. I talk about what's in heaven, the different levels of heaven, the umbral, uh, hell, and I also have a section of what, who and what is Jesus Christ? Because Jesus is not this most marvelous, nicest carpenter, uh, wonderful prophet. He is more than that. He is the CEO and leader of the earth and, and our destiny and other planets besides. So it is very interesting and then as um pierce said this is a good comment here he says i have everything and nothing and that is so true and and in fact there's a someone who had an nde he went to uh to heaven and he says he said something like that and that is it goes everything that i've done is in is important but yet not important 
And he goes, you know, what did he mean by that? Important, but yet, yet not important. And it's, it's like in your physical life is, is if you look at it over the huge long run of, of multiple lives, the, the episodes of each individual life are unimportant, but yet they're important during that time. And it's just kind of the same thing as what is said here. I have everything and nothing is that you have all these material goods, but yet over the long span of time, they're nothing. You're not going to take any of them with you. And even if you have this house built of stone, the earth will some day be, the sun will go out. The earth will, will be, will be a void, right? It will just be a, a dark planet, lifeless. And you'll be on another planet somewhere, a more advanced planet, hopefully. And that's why the only thing you really have is here, is your personality and your character and your knowledge. That you now lose. So when you change your personality and your character, that is the valuable treasure you are taking with you to the spirit world, is your kindness, your goodness, your charity, your your you know your feelings of, of fraternal love for your brothers and sisters that is the treasure and and again as we've said by the uh by the uh by what other people have said that is you'll be rewarded a hundredfold for that and then just before i go um i also asked i missed the beginning here yes so this this is live stream on youtube and you can go on YouTube, and you can look at the um, on my channel on YouTube. You go to my site nwspiritism.com if you can't find my channel on YouTube, and then you can subscribe to that channel. And this and all my other live streams are always there, so you can uh, you can look at them, and it will it will um, I post everything there. So it's not like Facebook where you it's gone and you never see it again. YouTube, it's I have it posted, and you can look at recent uploads, and you can also look up here is my uh spiritism 101 my playlist spiritism 101 this will be on that on that playlist now on tuesdays i'm talking about the opposite of 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 where um patricia is i'm talking about where the officer is in the depths of purgatory or hell as he calls it so i'm kind of showing you both okay good so you're on youtube here so yes you can once i stop this live streaming you you can just go back and look at the start of it again Okay, I want to say, everyone, God bless everyone. Um, please read, think about Spiritism, uh, study, look up Alan Kardec uh, on PDF, and um, we will talk to you hopefully next week or on Tuesday at, again, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. God bless.